This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I am your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back home. I was doing some work uh, where I was, you know, for some usually when you're doing consulting you're going to end up running with uh part of your business will be training part of the business will be consulting part of your business is going to be uh doing online things it'll be kind of mixed up in all different ways in some cases i've got waves where i would have a wave of man i'm doing great in this type of training (laughs) and then i'll be like where's my consulting clients and then all of a sudden i'm like whoa i haven't trained in so long i've just been doing project after project for consult uh, consulting work Uh, so truly it's a ebb and flow that's the way it should be right just uh keep the work coming that's the that's the key so this week is going to be a solo week with just me and i am going to go over uh, usually I do my OSHA updates. I'm probably going to start doing this one more often than not, like maybe once a month or twice a month, do an update. So that's really what I'm going to do now is just go through the update of one part of OSHA that has been taking over. It's stuck in my brain right now, and I know it's the rest of you too. Uh, the coronavirus. I believe that the new mandate that they have out there is worth looking into this is going to be my my uh, confession i'm not completely done with the national emphasis program i'm still reading it over but i've got enough going here that i think i could um get a good thought let's say that we get a good thought for this episode all right so and truly i'm going to um just review that aspect and give you any kind of tips and initial thoughts all right well without any further ado it's going to be just me so i'm going to just get started the way that i normally do is by saying what's up (laughs) that's it i'm just going to say what's up um i've been thinking about just this topic and how to do it and then i've been a little tied up with some training lately so i didn't know if i was going to be able to finish it all before today but I really wanted to get this in as best as I could. So this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to direct you to the OSHA.gov website. And of course, if you're driving, you're not into this because you can't do this until you uh, get back to your your home or wherever you're going, your office. Can't even do this at stoplights. <laughs> I have to take care of this later. So, all right, OSHA.gov. Uh, listen to it now, though. I'm not telling you don't listen to it. So listen to it now so you can understand all the stuff that's going. And then when you re-listen to it, you'll be at your computer, and then you know exactly uh, where to look. All right, when you uh, get on the OSHA.gov website, you're going to scroll down. You don't really have to scroll. It's right on the front page. It says Coronavirus Resources. So the two new guidances, one uh, has the actual label on it, new guidance, and that is coming from uh, an executive summary of uh, basically it's a protection guidance for the spread of COVID-19 in a workplace. OSHA is now taking this thing and it's going to give it some words to it and going to tell you 
um, some definitions and terms start popping up in this guidance manual. And then from there, it goes into the National Emphasis Program. So uh, the executive summary from President Biden was the thing that kicked everything off. So truly, he said, um, when he came in office, he says, OSHA, I need you to figure out first and foremost, uh, how have you been doing over the last year and a half with this pandemic? Um, or I guess we're, we're almost up to two years, aren't we? Oh, my. No, no. Full year. Full year. Not two years. Oh, good. My mind is like giving it longer than it is, right? So one year. So basically, you're saying from the time of the pandemic, uh, spring twenty. What are we thinking of as far as OSHA's response? And I want you to review that. And then uh, OSHA, <laughs> President Biden, goes ahead and tells them that not only do I want you to review this, but if you deem it necessary for you to come out with an emergency temporary standard, after we do all this review, then let's go ahead and do that put in an emergency uh, temporary standard and I want this done by March. So that's uh, March 15th, I believe is that date. Uh, the time of this recording, we're on April 1st and this thing has not came out yet. Uh, so that in itself is one of those things that is uh, new, but I, I can understand OSHA's way about this one. So let's, uh, let's just kind of, go through first the the original guidance, okay? Just to kind of give you a nice little understanding of what that one is. First, they're giving you a nice executive summary, and then they're going to start talking about things with distancing. So um, that's truly distancing, mask wearing, ventilation, uh, good hygiene practices. That's the how you could comply with this uh, guidance. Uh, that's usually everything. And then also, you know, keeping people away that are affected. Uh, so that's that's in the guidance itself. The purpose is to say we're going to use this to prevent a 5A1 violation. So it is the general duty of OSHA to keep workers safe. And that's what they're using here for uh, a lot of the purpose behind this is it is the Section 5, paragraph A, subparagraph 1, 5A1 in the OSHA Act that says, you know better. That's my rule. That's my way of saying it. Uh, it's the you know better rule. So that is, there's no standard that exists. However, you're still putting your workers in a hazardous situation. You know better than that. Uh, let's have a general duty that says the employer shall give the workers a place to work that is free of hazards that are known or likely to be known and uh, that are going to cause them serious harm. So that is, in a nutshell, what that general duty clause is. That's what they're using here uh, for uh, the COVID-19 guidance form, not the emergency temporary standard, which I really believe is coming. It's just a guidance form. So then they break out just a little section for what is COVID-19. The next thing is uh, workers need to know about COVID-19 uh, protection in the workplace. With this section over here, what workers need to know about COVID-19 protection in the workplace, it really breaks down 
some of the administrative controls that you would see, some of the PPE, and then with, uh, with anything for ventilation, that would be an engineering control. Uh, they break it down a little bit here. Uh, so they even ask a, they, they add in here about face coverings and uh, how the study shows that that will reduce the risk. The thing that they do say about here is um, basically they're adding face coverings and the ability of separating people for six feet. Um, they mentioned something really about the roles of uh, the next thing would be the roles of the employer. And in that section, they did mention something. And it was related to, and I'm looking through the document right now just to make sure, but it is related to requiring that your customers will come in wearing a face mask. Uh, so, oh, here it is. Uh, it's important to wear a face covering and remain physically distanced from coworkers and customers, even if they have been vaccinated, because it is not known at this time how vaccinations actually transmit. Um, and let's see, there was another one about a uh, face covering, but generally it was just uh, saying just to require that the workers, or just to say not the workers, requiring that people coming in, the patrons wear face covering. So I thought that was actually unique in uh, OSHA's wording, because if you do uh, know that OSHA has no jurisdiction over uh, the employer and the customer side, but they're saying that since this is a unique hazard being airborne, that then the employer-employee relationship is going to be somehow affected by the customer that makes it where OSHA now has the jurisdiction. And the thing that they're saying now is uh, face covering, and they even go into not all face coverings are the same, and they, they break that down and having your face covering over your mouth and your nose. <laughs> Imagine that, your mouth and your nose. Some people are wearing their face covering wrong. And uh, let's see. Yeah, it's truly uh, how it's broken down in that section. They even tell you how to sneeze, too. So that's good. You're sneezing into that elbow. Uh, the other thing, the meat of the rest of this is going to be for uh, found in the role of the employer and the workers in response to COVID-19. So they give a numbered system of what you're supposed to do with coordination. Uh, you want to make sure that if there's anyone exposed that you're going to do contact tracing and uh, you're going to do all the measures that you need to actually either eliminate the hazard through some sort of um, engineering controls such as the UVC lighting in the air duct, you know, they mention that that's, that's the thought behind that section over there. And that goes pretty, uh, a pretty long way, uh, including isolating workers. And I'm looking at this list. It looks like it's right around 16 points on this list to look for. So generally speaking, what you would do is, uh, print this part out it's really dry reading. Yes, I understand. So, but uh, as a consultant, you want to print the stuff out. You want to highlight things 
underline things, get a good understanding. If it's a reference from, uh, let's say it tells you to go to section 11C of the OSHA Act, all right? So I'm going to go over to the Act and cross-reference that. So this is going to be a long time for you to really understand this. Uh, so that's why I'm telling you guys, I'm only a part way in, and I think I've got enough for a podcast. But when I get done, I'm going to create several things out of this. Uh, so it could also be not only homework for you, but at the end, if you know how to do it right, you can either make a course out of this, you can uh, create uh, some, well, several blog posts that's going to be a lead magnet to bring people to your website. You know, just do a post on LinkedIn, uh, have people start reading there and then go over to your website or read the whole thing. And then at the end, say for more uh, information or whatever, or the complete uh, section, if you're going to do this in, in parts, you can find this at my website. As soon as you get them at the website, then you could do a pixel. A pixel is a code, and this code is coming from Facebook or Google or someone who's uh, going to help you put an ad in front of this person. And then after they're on the website reading the post, this information that they need, it's information that's good, it's coming from your resource, uh, research, excuse me, then that pixel code stays with them. Uh, you can now uh, deliver them personally uh, through your Google alert system, uh, analytics, excuse me, or from Facebook. And then, you know, you get your, your, your client or potential client to see a service that you could uh, provide. So uh, that's the reason to do that. So as the person coaching you through uh, getting your business going, it does help you to get this stuff and start reading it. Uh, so going down a little bit further, you're going to see additional keys uh, that OSHA is going to add to this document is saying other things you should be thinking about. And uh, they're talking about isolation, quarantines, uh, so just different things there. Um, we do have, oh, this is where we have that mention I keep uh, talking about. Increase physical distance, or should say physical space. So they're saying over here in this section that they want to, to recommend by adjusting business practices to reduce close contact with customers, for example, uh, moving to electronic payment terminals, um, drive-through service, online shopping, and then curbside pickup. So that's one of the things that they're encouraging. Um, do stocking in the evening or off shift to reduce contact with customers. That's a good one. All right, and um, that's a couple of things that they mentioned there, so not bad. Uh, and truly, hey, if you're going to create another thing you can do is use this document and try to create a program for your client, you know, here you go. It's just got it written out right there for you. All right, so let's uh, see. You guys got my initial thoughts on this. So I'm going to give you again my initial thoughts on the national emphasis program so you want to get back on the osha home page you're going to go to national emphasis program right under where it says coronavirus resources and then that document you really want to print 
I know it's going to be a long one. Uh, there's been longer ones out there. Uh, but this national emphasis program is now codifying different things and giving terms that you could now have a legal defense on. So therefore, understanding this document is very, very important. The other thing that this is going to really help you with is you're going to um, want to use this for your own defenses. So whenever you have a client that may be coming up with uh, an OSHA issue, then, hey, go back to this, and now you know exactly how to protect that client, right? That's the, the way to do it. So the first thing that I noticed uh, out of this National Emphasis Program, and again, this is going to just be my initial thoughts. I'm not going to get too deeply in because uh, right now I do not have uh, completely, I have not read everything. So I, I can't give you the full breakdown. And then that would be a very boring podcast. I don't want to do that to you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish up my part of reading it and getting it uh, getting myself set. And then once I do that, what I'll end up doing for you guys is uh, putting it in a package such as um, I might do it in a live stream or something similar to that where you could do a Q&A session, something. So that's, uh, that's what's going to end up coming out. So that means you need to subscribe to uh, this channel or I guess it's going to be uh, my podcast. So subscribe to it so you can be notified. All right, so the federal program change is one of the things that I first highlighted for, and it looks like uh, OSHA is going to allow federal and state plans to have different things. Uh, OSHA is going to ask the state plan, are you going to follow what we're going to do or are you going to create your own? And they're going to allow the states to do that, so that's going to be uh, pretty interesting. And uh, they're going to have six, 60 days to adapt uh, any of the th provisions that they're going to use on from the federal plan. Uh, most of this should be kicked in by now because I'm, I'm in April 1st right now doing this recording. So uh, pretty, I'm pretty sure that this dates almost May is some of them. The 60-day one is going to be May 12th. So we're close. Uh this document has an expiration date. It says this direction is effective for no more than 12 months from the effective date unless canceled or extended by a superseding directive. So it actually has a close date on it. So that's good to, to know as well. Uh, they gave a description of close contact. And this one is a long description but this is truly the thing that they're going to start using, and they're going to use this word often. Uh, so close contact is now defined as uh, workers' occupational exposure to SARS-CoV-2 during the pandemic may vary from community to community depending on local conditions or outbreaks. Exposures may be dependent on a variety of factors, including... And now this is going to be that definition, physical environment of uh, the workplace, the type of activity, the health status of the worker, and the ability of the worker to wear face coverings and abide by current CDC guides and the need for close contact, and they say within 
six feet for a total of 15 minutes or over a 24-hour period of time. So basically the close contact is if you have any of those um, warning signs or considerations that we given and now you're going to be close to somebody within six feet for 15 minutes or close to them within six feet over a 20 more than a 24 hour period now this is going to be considered and that means 24 hour period means like uh, you're going to home uh, 12 you work eight hours go home and now you're off for 16 and then you come back. Uh, so that's going to be pretty much what it is. Or if you do a double shift or you work 12 hours, that's also going to take some of that time element in. So this is going to be a or thing. Six feet for a total of 15 minutes. Or if you're next to a person more uh, over a 24-hour period, uh, then now you're going to be considered close contact. So that's going to be the term you should remember out of this thing. It's good. Uh, they're also going to be targeting uh, inspections. And there are going to be two categories of people that are going to be inspected. That's one of the first things I pulled out of this. Uh, they're going to have a master list coming out from, uh, let's see, Appendix A and B. It's going to have two master lists. One is coming from... NAICS codes with the North American Industry Classification System codes. Uh, those codes are pretty much people who have been targeted uh, for more enforcement because their data is looking like they're trending up with injuries and illnesses. Uh, so those are the people that are, are going to be on that code. And that's how you're going to find out who you need to go out and uh, address and see if you could start making a plan and, and help people get involved if this is your specialty or if this is some area that you believe you could help. Uh, so this is going to give, give you a guidance as to who may actually need a webinar or something similar to that, just running off this list. So truly, I've been seeing a few things that I'm I'm really looking at, and I believe that once I get a hold of those two master lists, which is also in here, that's going to help you with understanding who to um, who to talk to as far as getting services. Uh, but yeah, they're pretty pretty uh, detailed. So I am now just starting, and I'm really just getting into it. I'm not going to go any more into this one for for that reason because I'm only presenting it to you as get on this i mentioned it as my last tip of the week from that episode and and the more i'm reading this is telling me it's going to be big and i am also thinking emergency temporary standard is on the way even though osha gave this national emphasis program out i believe that once they fine-tune what that uh emergency standard would be they're going to use this document and this is going to be the the document that will be the playbook. It's basically well boiled down to the compliance officer playbook. They use this for definitions. They use this for terminology. They go back to the field operation manual, and then they'll be able to pick out uh, where you need to be as far as citation and dollar figures. But 
it's going to start from this document. So you got to get a hold of this. So that is what I am going to be asking you guys to do. Uh, just truly, you know, it's for your career. It's going to make everything more interesting once you understand what OSHA is going for. Because now at this point, you're going to have to take care of your clients and uh, make sure that they are protected. There's going to be more enforcement now especially in a democratic administration. That's the way it has been for a very long time. So be ready for it. All right, you can do this, though. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.